this is CityCast Houston. It's good to hear from you. Leave us a message. Hey, it's Lisa Gray. A couple of weeks ago, we did two shows with Raj Mankat about Loop 610. It's Houston's mother loop. It's our inner ring. It's the circle that defines this city. Either you're inside it or you're outside. Anyway, we asked y'all for stories about the loop. And man, did y'all ever oblige. Today, we are going to play a bunch of the voicemails you left us. The funniest, the most interesting, the most alarming stories. A quick warning. One of those stories is about an accident. So if you or somebody in the car seat behind you does not want to hear that, check back in with us tomorrow. But if you're good to go, well, buckle up. It's Monday, January 31st, 2022, and this is CityCast Houston. Hey, this is Stefan, fan of CityCast Houston, calling with my 610 story. Just a few or so years ago, one of my friends who had lived here, he wasn't good with directions, so he didn't understand west and east and north and south. So he was coming down from the airport, and he hit 610 north, and he was supposed to go west towards me, just a couple miles, 45. He got confused, and he went the other way. So he went all the way around 610, 35 or so miles before he realized he'd gone the wrong direction. Keep up the good work. This is Gwen Sapetta. My memory of 610 Loop is that when I was a kid back in the 70s and 80s, I would beg my dad to take us to Kitty Wonderland and later to Astroworld. One of his excuses for refusing was always that they were, quote, way on the other side of the loop, unquote. I didn't even know what the loop meant back then, but I knew for sure that we must live on the dreariest, saddest, worst side of it just based on amusement parks per square foot. This is Chris Lockwood. Back in 2013, the art guys, Michael Galbraith and Jack Masson, did a performance piece where they drove a custom-painted van around the 610 loop for 24 hours straight. Well, actually, they didn't drive it at all. They recruited several people to take shift driving. I was one of those drivers, and my shift started around 2 o'clock in the morning. This is Andy Black, a native Houstonian and long-term interlooper. And here's my story about Loop 610. In around 1975, I was a passenger in a car involved in a minor accident at night in the innermost lane of 610 eastbound near Buffalo Speedway. Police arrived and flares were set out to close off the far left lane while wreckers cleared the cars. We were standing next to the steel and wire mesh fence that used to divide the highway and three cops were standing in the cleared left lane when a drunk came over the hill and sped down that lane. Two were able to dive to safety, but one cop was hit by the car at full speed. I saw his body flipping through the air. I'll never forget the sound of the impact. He died leaving three kids. I was 14 years old. Hi, this is Sarah Kress, and this is my Loop 610 memory. When I was attending the University of Houston, I would often drive home after a long day in twilight, taking 45 south to 610 East. I have one vivid memory. Impossibly young and exhausted from school, wondering what any of this would lead to, listening to loud music, thinking about my crush in an audio production class. I closed my eyes and allowed faith or my car's alignment to guide me in the lonely lane at 8 p.m. on a hot night toward the horrors of my home in a petrochemical suburb. My car didn't drift, and I made it home safely. 
Hi, my name is Cynthia Singleton, and I live downtown, and I have been driving on parts of the loop for most of my life. The problem is, is that the way the exits are labeled are not how people give directions. People usually break the loop into four distinct parts and talk about them like they're separate highways. They talk about the West Loop or the North Loop or the South Loop. It took me years before I could translate my dad's directions from take the West Loop to choose correctly between taking the North exit for Loop 610 or the South exit for Loop 610. Hello. This is Lori Checkman calling y'all back concerning your Loop 610 story. Uh, part of me feels like I grew up with a Southwest Loop, the entry from our neighborhood to the rest of Houston. Um, for a while in the late 1970s, early 1980s, there was one section just hanging over South Bracewood waiting for that connection. Cars would go in the opposite direction of it, thankfully, but I'd wonder when someone might mistakenly go the wrong way and drive off it. Hi, my name is Katie Cayenne, and this happened in summer of 1969, um, and I was about 10 years old. And our aunt and two cousins from Virginia Beach were staying with our family that summer because our uncle was stationed in Vietnam. So my mom was trying to figure out how to entertain six kids. And she told us she was taking us to a new theme park called Astroworld. And she and my aunt piled us all into our big Buick station wagon. And we left our Meadow Creek Village neighborhood, which is south of downtown, and got on 45 North at Monroe and headed toward downtown. Right about then, my mom mentioned that she read about a new freeway and she wanted to try taking it because she thought the new route would shorten our trip. And she found the new 45610 connector ramp, but there was an orange and white barricade partially blocking the entrance, so she just drove around it. <laughs> Some of us older kids began to notice, and we told her, Mom, I don't think this road is open yet. But she just responded with something like, Wow, it's fine. We won't be going very far. And some workers were standing nearby, and they started waving at her and saying, Lady, the road is closed. And she kept on driving as if she didn't see them, which was very uncharacteristic of her. I remember I was in the way back of the station wagon, and I was completely mortified because they were yelling at us, but also because I couldn't duck out of sight. Uh, I was also petrified she would drive over an incomplete overpass or a gap in the road or something, and we'd all plunge to our deaths. But no one ever chased us or stopped us, and thank goodness the Kirby exit ramp was complete, so we made it to Astroworld in very quick time. Once upon a time, inside the loop meant something. Now there's so much outside the loop, it's almost irrelevant. Well, unless you're on the loop trying to get somewhere. Susan Chadwick. Thank you. Hi, my name's Kevin O'Keefe. Um, late morning, May 11th, 1976, I was driving home from Sharpstown Shopping Mall down 59 towards my house, which was about four blocks south of Rice Stadium. And um, when I got home, I got out of the car. I was immediately hit with the smell of chlorine gas. I couldn't figure out what was going on, so I turned on the radio and heard about the tanker falling off the freeway onto 59, and I couldn't help but realize that if I delayed my trip by five minutes, I could have been stuck in that mess where seven people were killed and almost 200 people were injured. Hi there. My name is Carla Keaton-Page, and I am a native Houstonian. When I was a kid back in the 80s, my dad gave me a 64 Corvair convertible, and I thought I was the bomb. 
And being an angsty teenager, I would, you know, get mad at dad because he was always making me mad for some reason. And I'd take off and I'd drive my Corvair around 610. Of course, I had to do this before 10 o'clock, which was my curfew. But one night I was really mad at dad. and I was like, I'm going to just go drive. Drove down 610 as fast as I could in my Corvair with the radio blaring. Frankie goes to Hollywood and I'm just mad and screaming and yelling with the music. And I was going pretty fast. So I'm driving along, not really paying attention. And then I see a cop driving right next to me. And he kind of looks at me and he spins his lights at me. And I'm like, oh, crap. And then he kind of gets in front of me and he waves. He's like, eh, 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 and he kind of waves his finger at me. And then he just took off going over 100 miles an hour. He just blasted ahead. And I'm, I was probably going 90. And I just slowed down real fast and went the rest of the way around 610 going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Dad would have killed me. Hi, this is Alicia Lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. I'm the founder of Road Coaching Orchestra here in Houston. And the memories of 610 that I have are every time I drive past the exit on Fannin, I am nostalgic for Astroworld. I'm a huge coaster fan, and I was raising my boys to ride coasters at an early age. Our oldest was born in 1999, and in 2005 when they closed, it was just so sad because when he was four years old, I got him on the Viper, which I was fine with until we actually got on the ride, and everybody was exclaiming how tiny he was. <laughs> but he laughed it, and he loved it, and he's addicted just like I am. This is Neil Meyer. My buddies and I, when we were younger, uh, went to uh, go see Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. After the movie was over, we uh, drove down the 610 West Loop South uh, back to his house. And so I made some offbeat remark about how driving on the 610 Loop was making the Kessel run. We met back up with our friends. They were like, why did y'all take so long to get here? And uh, said that we had made the Kessel run. And uh, they kind of chuckled about it. And they said, uh, no wonder it took so long. I turned around and said, no, it didn't. It only took 12 parsecs. And yeah, that, we all laughed about that. Remember will be with you always. Hi, uh, my name is Karen, and I'm calling with a memory about the loop. When my son, John, was an infant, uh, I was aware that he was supposed to take naps, but I couldn't get him to sleep. So I would get in the car, and I guess I one day I got on the loop and just started driving, and he fell asleep. So I just kept going. This is Abraham Garza, and after I bought my first car, I used to drive it all the way around 610, just as something to do. I'd alternate the direction I started in, but it was usually from Yale and 610. I made an unbroken drive of Loop 610 in the late 90s for the now-defunct periodical Houston Sidewalk. Even though I'd lived in Houston for nearly 20 years at that point, this path put me past places I hadn't ever noticed because the loop had always been the means, not the end. I was struck by how wildly the Loop's personality morphed as it circled Houston. Picked up a bit of urban legend while I was researching this, and I did not test this. A musician friend insisted that you could play all of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon during a single loop of the loop and reach the end of the album when you return to your starting point, not during rush hour, obviously. Thanks for the memories. I'm Kathy Deal, expat, Montrosian, Extraordinaire. Hi, this is Henry Dare, and I'm calling about why I would take the 610 loop around all the way, sometimes more than once. 
mostly, uh, especially in recent years, um, during COVID, I would take it um, when things were not going my way in my head. Just gives me perspective. Um, uh, passing uh, what used to be Astral World give me the nostalgia. Uh, thinking of a time when I was growing up and we could be dropped off. We be me and my sister. We'd be dropped off in the morning, picked up at night. Thinking of a time when we could just, uh, it was safe to do that. And feeling a little sad that I told my daughter I was going to take her to Waterworld that last year and we didn't go because I was too depressed to get to, you know, to get us there. But I have lots of good memories taking it though because I, I would inevitably get home and be okay. And uh, at this moment, I'm calling a little bit before midnight. Um, I'm thinking of just getting out there and taking a victory lap because Things are going well in my world, and I think I'm, I might just take the, the six ten loop for fun. <laughs> thanks to everybody who left us a voicemail, and thanks, too, for people who responded by email or on Facebook or Twitter. I've been running tons of answers in our newsletter, and they're great. If you are not subscribing to our newsletter, you're missing out. You can sign up at houston.citycast.fm. Next up, producer Farrell Gibbs is here with me to tell me what is going on in Houston today. Farrell, what's happening? This is out of the LA Times, actually, and it is called What Can Houston Teach Los Angeles About Solving Homelessness? Wow. Has Houston solved homelessness? Well, that very same article quoted Texas Monthly and said that Houston has cut, over the last decade, homelessness by more than half. Wow. And what has Houston done that Los Angeles thinks it ought to do? According to this, Houston makes it a point to provide more affordable permanent housing units. And for L.A. to catch up to Houston, they would have to multiply their efforts five times over. That's permanent housing units for homeless people as opposed to, like, one-night shelters? That's correct. And also they say that Houston has better organization. They have a great single lead homeless agency. And they say that Houstonians are pragmatic, that they encourage homelessness to be rare, brief, and non-recurring, not letting compassion morph into respect for homelessness itself. Well, that is very interesting. And good news. Thanks, Farrell. That's it for today, y'all. For Valentine's Day, we want to do another reader call-in show. This one about super Houston love stories. If you fell in love by the Transco Fountain, if your first date was driving the 610 loop, or if you met your beloved during Hurricane Ike when you were both waist deep in water, please give us a call and let us know. That number is 713-489-6972 and we'll have it in our show notes. We will be back tomorrow. See you then. Does that sound tight? Tightish.